You are listening to Down Home. Here versus there, part two. This week, we continue our conversation with Kevin Yard about systemic racism here in Canada. But yeah, that's uh, the trip to Nova Scotia. That sounds awesome. Um, it, um, uh, you know, the I have a story to tell. Actually, you were talking about the roads going out to uh, to Preston. Uh-huh. Uh, my first car that I bought, my father gave me the K car. The, the K car, the super K, <laughs> super 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 K. Super K. <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> the thing, the thing leaked uh, oil like nobody's mm. business so i took i took it to jiffy lube because i had a job and everything like i was out 17 or whatever took it to mm. jiffy lube the guy took put it up on the rack looked at it and sit and put it back down and said i'm not fixing that <laughs> <laughs> so i took it to my father and i said you know guy at jiffy lube won't even touch it mm. i said that's a follow me and started driving out the new road out to preston mm. And oh my gosh, man, like he, he grew up in the Cherry Brook area, which is close to New Road. He was going through these twists and turns and I was going, oh my, oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, you might oh. not make it. <laughs> I know. I said, Lord, help me, man. I was trying to follow him <laughs> mm. and got to this place and um, the guy hoisted it up and he got caulking out, like caulking that you put in your tub. Yeah, yeah. And had some copper tube and he yanked, he yanked the line and started doing all this stuff with the copper tube and the caulking. Yeah. He said, I got to let it dry. You might want to come back tomorrow. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, and so dad said, okay, I'll bring you back. I'll get them, get my car. And I'm mm. driving home my, my dad's car. And I said, is that safe? He said, he said, boy, I just paid 20 bucks for that. That's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I know. But yeah, we rich history, rich history, and it was great that you um, had to, got to experience that. So, sorry, can can I ask you guys a question? Because um, definitely wasn't a part of my history in terms of my my teachings and learnings uh, growing up in terms of the education system. What was it like for you growing up in Scotia? And was that something? And the history was that something that was discussed, taught, talked about um, in school? Jay? Uh, well, um, it was never really talked about in school, not too much. They mm-hmm. would t- touch over subjects and then you're on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I think we really learned about our history from our community, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. just so rich with it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I look back now and I, I was like, oh my goodness, what a strong, strong community, despite everything that, that went on. And, you know, uh, so that's where I learned my history and being able to be raised by my great grandfather, Sidney Jones, who uh, was a part of Nova Scotian history in a lot of ways, just sort of, uh, you know, at, when he was older and he was uh, bedridden for the last two years of his life, his mind was there, but uh, his body, body was failing. But um, mm. we had these great conversations and he would, tell me about his story about how he grew up and you know i mean he was born in 1899 and that always was like wow you were born Mm -hmm. then and Mm -hmm. you know living such a long life that he lived uh, lived i was privy to a sort of a a, a rich history as far as um where he came from our family history and 
what I look back and how strong of a man he was, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that part of my life was important because it really taught me strength and resilience, mm -hmm. which is something we have today anyway. The, as far as history, I, I remember um, having to do, it wasn't called history. They, they merged history and geography. It was called social studies. I don't know if they call it that these days. Mm. So you had a, you had a social studies book and uh, I think it was grade five or something like that. And we were tasked with uh, picking a subject and writing a short two page essay on it based on the information in our social studies book. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I'm flipping through. I don't want to, you know, all the explorers don't want anything to do with that. Uh, mm -hmm. Canadian shield, who cares? Keep on flipping through. <laughs> and I was, and I, and I, I said, well, there's gotta be something about black Nova Scotians in here. I'm flipping, mm -hmm. flipping. There was one page on the, on the, uh, the moors <laughs> and that was it. So I did yeah. my, but I did my, 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 uh, essay on the moors mm. and there was nothing else on black history in that whole like 300 page book. Wow. Yeah. So the only sense of history that I got, like Jay was saying is from our, from our elders, you know, my grandmother, mm. uh, my mother, um, yeah. And I really picked it up when uh, my son Malachi had uh, a genealogy project and mm -hmm. I dived deep into that. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I spent, I took the project over. <laughs> like, I, th I think two weeks later, Malachi was like, oh, thanks dad. Yeah. What, 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 what grade did you get? Hopefully he got a good grade. Hopefully yeah, he got, oh, yeah, he got, he got a good grade. grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, you know, that really piqued my interest. And I, mm -hmm. I learned a lot about my family, about Scotian history, mm -hmm. um, like concepts like the, the book of Negroes. I, I, mm -hmm. I heard, heard what it is, but then delving deep in the history of it, it it's, uh, it's very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me um, of an experience as part of one of this, one of the uh, soul journey trips where we went to Alabama and so as part of the itinerary, um, we were going to uh, go to a plantation. Mm. Um, and, and so we get to the plantation um, and you know about maybe 15, 20 minutes in, you can see the kids looking at each other, right? And, and what was interesting about the experience was they were telling the story from um, uh, from the slave owner's perspective. Oh, really? Really? Wow. <laughs> so, so you've got a, you, you've got a, a, a group of 40, 50 uh, Black uh, youth and, and adults and, and really wanting to hear about as much as possible the experience. And it was just from um, the uh, slave owner's perspective. Uh, wow. so they, they would take you out uh, and there was a cemetery um, at the back of the property and so it sort of gives you the lineage of of the slave owners and, and so the kids understandably and rightfully saying well what about the enslaved like where what well you know we're not really sure you know somewhere over there <laughs> and it was just and we talk about the erasure of history right um, yeah and there was such anger understandably right there was such anger um 
uh, from the kids, right? It just felt yeah. again another example of your sort of history. Yeah, and man. Dif as difficult as it was being erased, you know. But the the one thing it allowed us to do was have conversations about we're living in a time as much as they want to erase history um, anecdotally um, through curriculum. Um, that we can access our own history in a way that we weren't able to before. So there's definitely, definitely the, oral, the oral tradition. And if you've access to the elders, that would be amazing. But it's about researching uh, and yeah. the information is there. So taking that anger, that frustration, and, and really uh, accessing your history in a way, A, that we, 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 we shouldn't have to because it should be integrated, right? Because it is the history of America, it is the history of Canada, so it should be integrated into our learning. But because it's not, you know, we do have that ability to go out and seek it out. And so one of the things that's amazing to see now are so many uh, programs and initiatives through the Black community that really speaks uh, to teaching young kids, especially uh, their history and their yeah. experience. Yeah, it's Amazing. the yeah. the age that we're living in, you know, it's uh, mm -hmm. everything's a click away, which is it's, it's great. It yeah. is very good. Yeah. Um, we might as well talk about this now. This uh, <laughs> um, the results of the election because you you mentioned about the erasure of our history and one of the policies that um, oh. <laughs> Donald Trump maybe by the time this podcast here would be former President Donald Trump. Mm. Um, <laughs> One of his policies was to defund yeah, systemic um, racism training. Systemic racism <laughs> training. Yeah. Hopefully, you know the the election results hold and uh, President Biden and Vice President mm -hmm. Harris get in. That is probably mm -hmm. something that will not um, hold if they do get mm -hmm. in. What do you guys think about the uh, the announcement that was uh, announced today about Biden Harris winning? You you want to go, Jay? Or, uh, no, go ahead. You go yeah. ahead, Kip. You know, I was um, I was thinking about, um, and I think where where I went was how I felt in 2008 when <clears throat> Obama was elected, mm -hmm. and I think at at that time uh, there was a sense of joy, happiness, all of those sort of emotions, and and I think as I juxtapose those emotions to maybe how I'm feeling now, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's almost a sense of relief mm -hmm. uh, that we don't have, uh, especially Black racialized and Indigenous women, the LGBTQ2 plus community, that you don't, um, you know, people living with disabilities, you know, all those people with marginalized identities that you don't have to be uh, bombarded with sort of relentless um, violence. Um, from what is, in theory, the, the most powerful office uh, in the world. In the world, uh, yeah. So I think, I think there's a sense of relief. And obviously, uh, as a father uh, to two daughters, um, really acknowledging and celebrating, um, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris mm -hmm. in terms of her roots in Indian, um, uh, as the uh, Indian and Black uh, women uh, as a VP. But you know, we talk, what, what is interesting was we talk about sort of erasure of history and who gets to write the stories, right? And so I was reading something earlier where they said um, she is not uh, the first uh, Black or racialized or Indigenous person uh, to, be a, to be elected as a VP. I had no idea. Um, and then I had read something where it says um, Charles Curtis uh was hoover's vp and he was the member of con nation but i oh. had you know i had no oh, idea wow. 
I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. No idea. So we talk no about erasing the history, who gets to write the stories. Um, so um, there, there's a myriad of emotions um, that I'm experiencing, but I think that just one of absolute relief. Uh, yeah. Hopefully uh, we can start to, to move forward. You know, you, yeah. talked, you talked about, um, you know, it was in the election, sorry, it was in one of the debates uh, where somebody had asked him, one of the moderators had asked Trump about systemic racism, and he said it's racist. <laughs> and, the, and the reason, <laughs> and the reason they were no longer wow. supporting uh, because uh, President Obama, before he left, they had instituted that there would be systemic racism training uh, through all government agencies. Yeah, Trump and his administration comes in and they they cancel that and they say, yeah. "Well, no, because because, because it was racist." racist. Because yeah. <laughs> That's that the, the <laughs> ultimate reversal. That's that's, oh that's my uh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Jay, what do you way, think, man? The, either way, it's the pot calling the kettle black for sure. <laughs> you know? I just, um, I I feel the same way in a lot of ways. Just like for the simple fact, that, you know, I felt sorry for America in the sense of this guy is not a leader. You know, everything the list of what he is is long, and that's the wrong list. You know, so. Uh, I have a sense of relief as well, just because, you know, you're not, you're not bringing people together. You're tearing them apart and mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. just seems like an unkind, unkind man that was just too egotistical to, you know, mm -hmm. know what power he did have and, and what power. Anyway, he's a racist. So there you go. <laughs> I'm saying it. It's true. Like I but, well, wasn't yeah. telling the truth, I'd be lying, right? Yeah. But 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 and and that being said, you still had, you know, how I think what's the total? Sixty something million people who voted for him. Seventy million. Oh, yeah. Se yeah, Seventy man. million people. Seventy so, million. So what method? So I I think you know, you know, we'd love to say, well, this was just a Donald Trump problem. But this is a white supremacy problem. Man, um, it's, and it's ingrained. A problem, and it's a problem that doesn't uh, only exist into the States, but it extends uh, in Canada and it extends globally. Uh, yeah. right? So because he is not uh, the president and, um, and definitely A, that that's a good thing and, and we're making strides there, it doesn't mean that we've uh, in any way come close to addressing the problem. Yeah, no, no, not at right. all. I agree. There's and, there's a big right. divide in the country, you know. So and and systemic and institutional racism yes, uh, goes beyond the individual, and it's yeah. a system. Um, yeah. Right. And 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 in, in America, to do. in America, it is the system. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. so <laughs> they're so. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I, but I would challenge mm. that Jay and say in Canada it is a system. Yeah. As well uh, as well right? as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in, in Canada, it is a system, right? It's oh, a, most definitely. So it's, we've got uh, we've got our own work to do as well. Yeah. Very true. I yeah. I really um, myself, I don't know if I was tired. Oh. <laughs> I'm I because it, it's it's because uh, I, I I'm not, I don't, I'm not expecting too much, Ben. I'm not ex like we. He's not going anywhere. No. Like Trump and Trumpism is not going anywhere. The mm -hmm. the 70 million people that voted for him are, are evidence of that. Yeah. And the real problem that I, that I can see is uh, anti-empathy. It's like, yeah, I, I see that problem. I see that there's uh, anti-black uh, racism individually in my neighborhood, but it's not affecting me. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> like me and Vanessa were talking about that today. Uh, my wife, Vanessa, we're talking about that today. Uh, a lot of the issue is 
you know, these people that voted for Trump, it's like, uh, he, he has, uh, he said that he believes he's not, doesn't believe in abortion. So therefore I'm going to vote for him or he doesn't believe he believes in the oil industry for so therefore I'm voting for them. Yeah. The rest of yeah. it, I don't really care because it doesn't affect me. Yeah. And I think that's the largest issue in all of uh, the Western societies. It's all, it's, it's this anti-empathetic, well, yeah, I see what you mean, but it doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that attitude. And, and that's, you know, that's here in Canada too. And it's, it's, there's a lot of, well, you know, no, this doesn't affect me. So why should I raise my head out and, and say something about it? Um, there's a lot of that around. Um, yeah. I find. I do. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, Am I I wrong? mean as, as we talked about, right, it, 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 um, it maintains the status quo. The status quo, yes. Right? So you're not thinking about sort of equity-seeking groups and those with marginalized identities. Um, so even when you think about intersectionality and sort of uh, even, you know, when you look at sort of uh, where Trump's base is geographically sort of rural areas, right? Rural and so, areas, even, yes. so even though economically they might not be any further ahead, uh, there's something about whiteness uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and its proximity to power. Um, yeah. Right. And, and that's and that's the only explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the only, you know, Dave Chappelle jokes <laughs> in, in one of the specials about, you know, standing in Ohio uh, and getting ready to vote and hearing people talking about how Trump uh, working class and, and working poor people white in, in Ohio <laughs> about how yeah, Trump is, yeah. is really, you know, he's speaking for me, me somebody, yeah. somebody <laughs> who's taking my plight um, and is going to um, uh, create policies that will have a positive impact and sort of looking at them and saying, yeah. no, I'm rich. Yeah. He's really speaking about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so true. So, yeah. I, the, I'm wondering how this is going to translate for Canada though, moving forward. Like I, I know that, uh, I think the, I think the, the glass is broken though. Like these, um, you know, these, uh, anti-black views that have reared their heads, uh, North America wide, because mm-hmm. it's here in Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the glass is broken. I really uh, think like, like there's the, you know, the, the people's party. I know they're based out of Quebec. Um, but you know, if this, if this organization, the people's party that doesn't believe in immigration believes, Mm -hmm. um, like anti-abortion, all the rest of stuff, like really Trumpism type views, the people's party, if they were based out West, I think the membership would be humongous. And I think that they would be like given credence like the the green party is it's unfortunate but that's uh, it, the only reason that they're not given any type of credence is because they're based out of quebec and a lot of uh the um hate to say it a lot of the white people out west there's a lot of anti-french sentiment out there but they have yeah. the same beliefs yes yeah right so it's here it's here it's just that it hasn't been they haven't been given uh an outright voice yet but it's still here. It's simmering. It's simmering, right? It's underneath the, and if you go looking for it, you can find it. 
that's the other uh, part that I is very scary. Yeah, but I mean, you don't you don't have to to look hard, right? So when you think about uh, the impact of uh, COVID nineteen and the pandemic, and who's disproportionately impacted. Um, right, and you see marginalized communities, you see Black, racialists, and Indigenous people who've been um, disproportionately impacted by COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. So you don't have to to look far. So you know, we started talking about uh, the impacts of systemic racism. They're all over the place. We just haven't necessarily been trained uh, to to look for it. Right. What we have done is sort of this belief in meritocracy. So you work hard, mm-hmm. um, and you yeah. get what is due. Uh, right, but the myth of meritocracy doesn't speak to sort of the systemic and institutional barriers that people have to face. True. Um, right, and so I think, you know, anecdotally, what I would say, and maybe what's different is, you know, in terms of having these conversations uh, at, at at my agency, at Children's Aid Society, and maybe even thinking about the sector, um, you know, racialized Black and Indigenous workers specifically um, have been having conversations about disproportionality, about systemic and institutional racism for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. right? And I think maybe what's different now is, you know, you're now able to have these conversations uh, in, 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 in the open. Um, and, and you're able to challenge uh, and question in a way that wasn't always safe, True. right? And I, think, and I think that's the difference, right? So are we any yeah. closer? No, but the conversations that we're having are different, uh, yeah. right? And there's a different accountability once you start talking about these things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone's more, more aware of things and it brings, uh, you know, so much to light. And I believe, I hope to believe that in the way the world is now where people are open to these things that the, the next generation is able to learn about their history, uh, learn about, you know, how much far we have to go and, and hopefully they can be the ones that take us there by educating and these systems be broken from within. And if you can have those conversations there, you know, maybe people will start to look at things differently. You hope, you know, especially the people of power, because yeah. they do want control of everything, you know. Yeah, There's hardly any black judges, mm-hmm. you know. Um, most most of the judges in Canada are, are white, you know. And mm-hmm. and then at least the whole judicial side of of justice, when uh, you know a lot of people out west, uh, the population is mostly indigenous people, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then God only knows how many you know, the percentage of blacks that are, they're incarcerated, like those systems are in place to just take away everything in the sense of what they always view as being is like, if you're black, you're, you're a threat of some sort. We have to police you and we have this power over you. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you do get out of line, we can treat you the way, you know, we want because we really view you as savages and that's what it looks like a lot of the time. Yeah, you know? it does. Yeah. We kind of come full circle, which is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. We came full circle because we started off talking about systemic. We ended with systemic, but there's yeah. one concept that I wanted to get your take on, uh, uh, Kevin. Mm. That was the concept of a post-racial society. Like we had that, mm. um, like when Obama was in office, we there was a lot of people that said that we're nearing on that uh that goal of post of a post-racial society mm-hmm. and then uh trump comes along which mm-hmm. is almost a, a, a backlash to obama mm-hmm. 
um, <laughs> on the world stage, literally the world stage, because the, the UK was dealing with its own populist racist uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, uprising as well. Um, how, how do you, do you think that, uh, you know, a post-racial society is, is within our grasp? Um, and if not, why? The, the short answer is no. Yeah. Uh, the long, more nuanced answer is still no. <laughs> <laughs> so we do, um, as, as part of the work uh, that we're doing in our agency, we, we, we spend some time talking about racial socialization. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and one of the messages, uh, so racial socialization is uh, sort of the process by which um, parents shape their children's attitudes about race and show children how to fit into the context of race in their society. Uh, so as part of the training, we go to um, some of the different messages of racial socialization. So there's racial pride, being proud of who you are, uh, and one of the messages is post, uh, post-racial or egalitarian. And so what we're teaching people is, you know, I think maybe when we were growing up, um, and I, I, I know I'm much younger than you guys, but I think when we were growing up, <laughs> <Very much. laughs> You know, when when we when we were growing up, I think it was okay to say that I don't I don't see color. You know, that was was a way of people expressing their allyship, right? So I'm going to judge you on the content of your character, not the color of your skin. And so that was a way of saying, um, like, uh, I'm not racist. So I, uh, you know, I don't see color, so I'm not racist. Uh, And what we're saying now is now that's wrong at all. (laughs) If you don't see uh, my race, then you can't see racism and then you can't mitigate it and interrupt it and disrupt it. Right. So one of the things we say is sort of the racial status quo is racist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so by not speaking about race, uh, the status quo is inherently reinforced. So post-racial egalitarian misrepresents the world, um, but it's been normalized and accepted in society because white people, the dominant group, subscribe to it. Yeah. Um, so I think... <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's sort of the elimination of that as a good thing. And we yeah. get away from that thinking, um, right? And Jedi really, mind tricks. Really address our history of uh, especially anti-Black racism. Yeah. Well, well, we got a lot of work to do. You know, this is, yeah. um, and I think, I think us talking about it, because I don't think there's enough conversations within our, in our community. Mm. Not, well, that's, no, let me strike that. There's a lot, the, the Black women are talking about it. Mm. I, we don't. And if the black men are talking about us behind doors, I think it's, it's time for us to, especially in Canada, it's time, it's time to lend our voice to it. And it, it's not a confrontational thing here. This is, this is why this podcast is coming about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this, this, this was great. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing the podcast again. Yes, Kevin. Um, it was awesome. you, were, you were fantastic, man. Um, and- Jay Jones, take us out. Yeah, uh, just thanks for coming out and sharing a little bit of your life, uh, um, a little bit what you do, and and that little is such a lot for the change to come, hopefully, and it takes people like you to add to the community to help people and sort of be a part of that uh, force to do what you're doing. But um, this has been another episode of Down Home. Uh, We got DC Wise, Jay Jones, 
And of course, Kevin Yard one last time. Thank you so much, brother. And appreciate, uh, appreciate you, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you uh, on the next episode. <laughs> what was that? What was that uh, rhyme from? Uh, was it Dr. Dre? Oh, the next episode. The next episode. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, don't start singing. (laughs) No. You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The song, Breaking New Ground, from The Breakdown. On a high plateau, from the one down below to the future of the funk.